Hey there, Black Mom Diaries. Legacy is truly a gift. As parents, we have the ability to pass something on to our children that is worth more than gold. What kind of legacy are you leaving for your children? Today's guest talks all about raising her children and seeing the fruit of her labor through them now that they're adults. But not just through them, also through her grandchildren and her great-grandchildren. And the simplicity of her wisdom is really surprising. Tune in next on the Black Mom Diaries. Hey guys, this is Patricia. And I am Latanya. And we are... Black Mom Diaries. Diaries. Right here for better every time. Uh, Yeah, we didn't make that (laughs) eye contact again, but that's okay. We're here, right? Uh, Right, right. How are you? Go ahead. What'd you say? I was just going to say, by the way, how are you today? Um, do we have like an hour to talk about how I'm doing today? <laughs> I just maybe thought, okay, no. Uh, well, today's a good day. I actually sat outside next to the pool with my kids and mm-hmm. um, had them play a little bit. You know, everybody's going back to school, but you know, we homeschool. So I'm like, maybe I should post this back to school picture with us chilling by the pool. And then I'm like, nah, I ain't going to do that to people, <laughs> you know? So, um. We we were just out there, just just uh, enjoying the sunshine. I got to draw in my, I mean, I draw color in my uh, little coloring book because that's how I let my mind take a mental break. That's like a loving me type of thing. So when they said, mm-hmm. "Let's go to the pool, Mama," I was like, "Great, <laughs> let's go." So yeah, that's what we. That's pretty much it, and uh, worked out and came home and I I try to let. I don't know why I keep thinking today is Monday. Mm-hmm. but I keep thinking today is Monday um oh, no. my off day but I did I took mm-hmm. it easy today so what about you that's good you got plenty of vitamin d loved on yourself quite a bit and hung out with your little people I love it yep that's yeah usually the story <laughs> of my life uh, that's not a bad story I I I would be that <laughs> I am good speaking of the pool um today was the second to the last I think of my kids um, swim lessons. So they're going to be ending their swim lesson this week, just in time for the end of summer. And I'm a little sad. They are not, they're super excited, but you know, uh, swimming is important. Knowing how to swim is important. If ever they need to, uh, you know, use that tool. And of course, because it's, it's fun and, Lots of kids like to be around the water in the summertime. So I just figured yeah. I would, I would give, I would gift them with that tool. What yeah. If- I got to get Grace in there. He's not. And um, he really wants to, he had on a mm-hmm. life, little life jacket today out there. Um, mm-hmm. But my other one, he's tall enough. The pool is only like three, six. So he's almost five feet. So he was fine, oh. Oh. but Grace is still, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. He's <laughs> going to be my six, three, six, four child, you know, okay. the child that wears a size nine shoe at 10 years old at wow. almost 10 years old. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I got to get Grayson. I'm thinking to put him in a homeschool swim class. That'll be mm-hmm. one of our activities. Um, but yeah, so that's yeah. really good. I'm glad you got them in swim. <laughs> I, you know, I just, I felt like I needed to do it because that had been something. And when I look back on my life, that was something that my dad taught us. We didn't do swim lessons. He taught us many things. And I just kind of sort of felt like, okay, well, we should be doing this, but we weren't. And then I just started having all these dreams about water. And we were going to some of the most beautiful places with this incredible water. And I was holding my kids back because they didn't have the the skill to swim. And mm-hmm. so I just, you know, the dreams were not settling to me. And I just felt like I needed to listen and of course. put them in classes so that that's right. When we see those beautiful places in that the massive water, we can enjoy it. So yeah. Yeah. I I think uh part of being a good parent or I I would just say a parent period good is I I believe 
people parent the the best that they can. Let me just say that. And I'm saying good parent, meaning that we can see things that our kids will need and a value of their life. And we put them in these things because we know that these are going to be things to either help them or show, you know, show them lessons and guide them in the right direction, along with the experience that we have. So um, even when we get dreams and have, you know, it's, it's for us to be able to um, apply those dreams. Cause I get a lot of stuff in dreams mm-hmm. and um, seems like you do too. Yeah. And uh, I don't always do anything with those dreams, <laughs> but this time it was just so overwhelming. I would wake mm. and I would just feel overwhelmed by those dreams. And I just, I kept saying, I need to put them in swimming. I need to put them in swimming. And in my, in my dreams, I was having that thought. I need to put them in swimming. I need to put them in swimming. So peace of mind. I feel so great. You know, yeah. their, their coach was amazing and they know how to swim now. And even though they say they don't enjoy it, they really do. I see how excited they get when they get to their lessons. They want to get in early and. Mm-hmm. Well, everything they learn may not be enjoyable. And um, I think we have an expert today as a guest. What do you think? I think we do too. (laughs) And man, this is exciting to uh, talk to somebody that uh, is is an author many times over, Mm -hmm. is a mother of adult children and and has, uh, you know, grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Um, and so she can talk to us about uh, parenting. And I love that you said, you know, the, you, you said the good parent. And then you were like, well, everybody's doing the best they can. Because that is so true. Mm-hmm. So let, me just, let me just tell you guys about our guest today. Mm-hmm. Born in Detroit, Michigan in 1944. Joyce now resides in Arcadia, California. She started her career in 1962 as a stenographer. And Joyce and her husband were married on June 3rd of 1967, and they have been together for more than 63 years. They have been together since they were both 13 years old, and that is beautiful. They have two adult children, adult sons. They have eight grandchildren, four great-grandchildren. And again, I said that she is an author many times over. Joyce is an author of 10 books, and she is also a professional proofreader. Her mission statement is, I write books that inspire people on their journey to make the world a better place. That's beautiful. And without further ado, I just want to welcome to the Black Mom Diaries virtual house, Miss Joyce Fields. Hello, Patricia. Hello, Tanya. Hey, welcome to our show. We are so grateful that you stopped by the virtual, the Black Mom virtual house today. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy to be here. Yeah, come on in, get comfortable because we got okay. to talk about. I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, ready. You know, we we like to get started with um, some some general questions to all okay. of our guests, and you know, just to get warmed up. So, tell us what, as a mom, is the most challenging part about being a mom, and then of course, let's soften it up with telling us what the the best part about being a mom is okay well the best part or the the most challenging part about being a mom my son Nkanto he answered your question when he was 10 years old now at 10 years old the spirit moved me to tell him it was just he and I sitting at the dining room table uh and the spirit moved me to tell him how hard it was being a mother. I didn't know what I was doing. I just wanted to make sure that I was raising him right. And this went out of the conversation that we had sitting at the table. And I was telling him all these things. He looked at me from across the table and he said, are you ready for this? He said, you mean y'all could be messing me up? I mean, I, I still am amazed at that response from a 10-year-old. Wow. And I, I, after sputtering and stammering for a few seconds, I said, 
Well, I don't think so, Council. I think that we're doing a pretty good job. You know, we're trying to to make you into a really good, decent, kind human being. And I went mm -hmm. on and on talking about all these things that we were trying to instill in him. But that was his response. Mm -hmm. So the most challenging part <laughs> about being a mom is the fact that you could be messing up your child. Ooh, yes. Oh man, don't tell me that. Wow, I'm just, I'm up here thinking like, what am I doing? I know. <laughs> me too, every day, every yes. day. Yes. And it sounds like your son is pretty quick-witted. Um, my son is is seven now and he he is so quick-witted. And I know that he says things to me sometimes where I am stuck and I'm just like, I don't have a comeback. I, uh -huh. I just need to take this in Yes. <laughs> and figure out how to respond to you. So mm -hmm. yeah. the book gives you a whole lot of information. Uh, um, <laughs> the foreword <laughs> was written by a minister okay. for Mother's Dozen. And oh, in okay. the foreword, it's a brief foreword. And he says, mm -hmm. Mother's Dozen is a handbook of excellence in raising children. It systematizes the rules passed from generation to generation regarding preparing children for the world to come. It involves tough love. It encompasses touchy-feely. It establishes fences that keep the wolf out and the sheep safe. It is common sense, the most uncommon thing in the world, particularly in this present age of negative imaging and self-raised rugrats. The quest is not for something new, but for something substantial. It is here. Every line brings an aha experience. The head nods yes, the will prods action. Well done, well done. Reverend Cecil L. Chip Murray, first AME Church, Los Angeles, retired. That's what he said, that I systematized and it's only 48 pages. Okay. It, yeah, yeah. In this book, I just want to say the title again is called Mother's Dozen, An Easy Recipe for Raising Great Kids. Now, I read... Um, the book and I'm not going to go through all of it. It was just some things that I, I actually, I, I really did do love the way you parent because it remind, it reminded me of how I was parented by my aunt and she was very tough love for, um, on the four of us. Mm -hmm. And, and sometimes I thought it was because she just didn't know how to show us that touchy-feely love, but she really wanted to have us develop uh, like a no-nonsense hard exterior. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. and when you talk when you when you talked about in the beginning of the book when you were giving Kanto, um, maybe I want to say it right, you were feeding him. And um, <laughs> he would spit it out and you would take it. And you, you're very, you're very descriptive. I would take it off of his little chin and put it right back in his mouth, you know, until he was like, oh, okay, well, I need, I better eat this, <laughs> you know? And I was like, man, I did that with my kids. My, my mm -hmm. philosophy was like, if I cook it, you're going to eat it. If That's you don't right. want it, then you don't eat. You're going to still right. eat it or you just don't want it or you just won't mm -hmm. get anything else. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> How did that play out in his life? Did you see just that lesson play out for him? Well, the only thing he doesn't like is lima beans. I, I allowed him to not <laughs> like one thing. Interesting. That was, so, and he didn't, and he, I don't know if he's, I, the lima beans is not one of my favorites either. I love lima beans. I love lima beans. Yeah, I, but I like them, but it's not one of my favorites. I like great <laughs> northerns and navy beans and, and black beans, all of those. So lima mm -hmm. beans is not one of my favorites, but I'll eat them. Okay. So he, when I got him a jar of lima beans, he didn't like them. But I gave him that. I allowed him one thing. That was lima beans. Mm -hmm. And to this day, he eats everything. He eat everything. But lima beans, yeah. or does he eat lima beans? He, he'll eat them. Oh, okay. Yeah. He'll eat them. Did he ever well, remix anything you gave him? <laughs> did he ever do what? Did he ever remix anything that you gave him? Like remix, remix it with the Sometimes food. Give, yeah, like the food. Like I'll give my kids some something to eat, and I'll turn around, and it'll be something else. 
Like, <laughs> I was like, I know I made chocolate. like a lima bean quesadilla. Yes, exactly <laughs> what I'm talking oh. about. You done slapped it on a taco. You oh. know, I don't know how no, lima beans would taste on that. a taco, but <laughs> I'm not it's even beans. familiar with that. Interesting. Uh, but Ooh. they would take like bread and and put like a chicken or I don't know something uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of something Grayson does it a, a lot he loves to my seven year old he likes to take little food and and throw it into something else he's always like that I was wondering did he remix anything anything <laughs> no that made? no he never did he, but just, he, used to, he ate he it used like he gave when, it when, when I was cooking he was like around three years old and uh, I would be cooking in the kitchen and then when I reach up into the cabinet to grab the place he would run out of the kitchen and run to the living room where his daddy was sitting and watching TV or whatever. And he said, she's about to bring it, dad. She's about to bring it. <laughs> As you mentioned, the challenging part about being a parent is um, the, the thought that you can mess your children up. Yeah. It, it sounds to me like that didn't happen. Uh, what, what, do you, what did you enjoy most or what do you enjoy most about being a mom like what's the best part for you the best part for me is that I have raised uh, my son to stand on his own two feet that's the best part wow Wow. yeah because you talk about independence in the book yes Mm -hmm. yes you really do um Uh we I was raised to be independent and I, I Sometimes I, I took independence too far, but that's just me because they would, my aunt expected a lot out of me because I was the oldest I'm the child. oldest too. Yeah, right. Did you, did you experience that? Did you experience um, more of a, a tougher, you know, standard for you being the oldest? You know, it's really something how my mother did it. She never vocalized anything. It's almost like when she died, after we all left the hospital from viewing her her body, she had Mm -hmm. a smile on her face as as she laid there, uh, passed away in in the hospital bed. I'll never forget it. She had a smile Mm -hmm. on her face. That really eased us Mm. to see that. So, and... After we left the hospital from viewing her her dead body, I came to their house and I laid across my mother and father's bed. At that point, it was just my mother's bed because my father had passed away. Mm -hmm. And so, and then I wrote this poem. This describes the role model that I had. Our mother, a pillar of strength, a volcano of kindness, a fun-loving lady, but never mindless. She birthed us and nursed us and then let us go to fight our own battles in life's daily woes. But she didn't forsake, she was always there to give if we ask her advice and her care. Protector of grandkids and open ear to friends, a dear one to all, but this is not where it ends. It's strange how life can often be since we take for granted the treasures we see. When death comes along, we all make great haste to seal in those treasures and none of them waste. We lovingly recall things you did and said, and therefore, dear mother, you'll never be dead. You'll live in our hearts forever. Joyce, Bruh, Cordell, Nita, Kenny, Reggie, Ava. I wrote that poem. I wrote it in about, it took me 20 minutes. The words just poured out of me. That was the role model that I had. She Whoa. was a volcano of kindness. I love that. that I think yeah. I'm gonna steal that. I'm, a I'm, volcano I'm like, of kindness. Yes. When I'm when I'm art when I when I'm yelling at my kids, which I don't do often, I'll be like, "Boy, don't you know I'm a volcano of kindness?" <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wrote this. She died in 1977, love and it. that's when I wrote that poem. That's so beautiful. That's like a lasting. You know that doesn't it's a beautiful go away. legacy. That yeah, is. it's in it's in the book Line of Serenity. It's in mm-hmm. that book. I wrote the poem because she was such a special woman. My husband mm-hmm. always says that you had to experience Rose Jones to know that she existed. Oh, 
Wow. That's she nice. seems That's like she was a powerful, uh-huh. a powerful source of yes. right. strength yes. and energy. Yes. Well, so I want to know, uh, which is a great segue. I love that you brought your mother up. Do you feel like you got your your mother philosophy from your mom or is that something? Definitely. That you, uh, yes. Yeah, definitely. How would you describe your mom philosophy? Um, my philosophy is like I was saying, you have to raise your kids to stand on their own two feet. You have to make them independent. So you have to make them, don't make them need you, make them want to have you in their lives after they're grown. Mm, that's really, that's powerful right there. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't make, don't allow them to need so you. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I like it. I, I, you know, I, I love having independent children and I know the first time I told somebody and I thought I was, you know, I thought I was good. And then, and I know I'm okay. This, it, it had nothing to do with me, what this person said. I was talking to them and, um, I mentioned that my daughter knew how to cook. Mm-hmm. She would get up in the morning. She'd make her eggs. She knew how to make pancakes. Um, and sometimes she would heat up things for my son, which was, which is two years younger than her. I never let her do anything for the baby at that time because my son, my youngest one was maybe he wasn't even two yet. So I'm, I mentioned this to a lady and she said, don't you think that's slavery for your child? And I mean, what do you mean slavery? She's like, she's like, but you're the mom, you're the mom and you're supposed to do this. Uh Uh-uh. Yeah, right. Uh-uh. You're supposed to be able to do this for and then I asked her, I said, so you have a 15 year old. And she said, Yes, I do. And I say, what can your what does your your 15 year old do for you when you're not feeling well? Mm-hmm. And she kind of looked at me like I said something bad. And I was like, exactly. So my six year old can go make me a cup of tea, heat up soup and bring me a blanket. Yes. You know, because yes. you, you know, as moms, one, you, you don't feel good all the time, but you run the ship. Yes. You know what I'm saying? There may be, may be days where you don't, you know, um, you, you just, just want to hide. And I wanted to train my kids to take care of themselves so that they didn't have to depend on anybody else. My son, exactly. as they get older, same thing. But I was so, I never thought that I would hear that. They said that my kids were in slavery. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's ignorant. That's a very ignorant person. <laughs> And uh, I, I feel sorry for her because her child is not going to be there for her, uh, wow. probably. So, but I, no, my son, when he was 10 years old, I taught him how to wash and iron his own clothes. Uh, when he was 12, for some reason, 12 is a magic number with me. Mm-hmm. When he was 12, he, I taught him how to cook uh, bacon, eggs, sausage, hamburgers, Mm -hmm. french fries, just basic kinds of stuff. Because I said, when you get grown, if you marry uh, a son and don't want to cook for you and get mad, and then she don't want to cook, I said, you can cook for yourself. If if your woman gets mad at you and and (laughs) thinks that she's going to starve you. I Uh love it. (laughs) Well, let's hope that don't happen. We're not attracting that up in here. And I taught him how to sew on a button, too. So, Hmm. yeah. I'm a little late with that one. Yeah, just sew on a button. So and that, that, that's what I taught him, how to cook and sew on a button. And uh, and now he, he can cook, honey. Ooh-wee. That boy <laughs> cook. So do you find him asking for advice or anything now um, from you and your husband? Oh, yeah. We talked to him out of seven days. We talk, talked to him probably four out of seven. Right. And and he'll he'll ask us. He doesn't really ask. He'll just state some kind of a dilemma that he has, you know. <laughs> and uh, then we'll we'll both of us will just make our comments, you know, and and, and allow him to make the decision. It's, it's his his decision to make. Mm-hmm. So we don't offer a, a solution. We just offer Whoa. possibilities that he can think about. And That's really cool. That's good. So at, have you always just offered solutions 
or was that something that developed as they as he got older uh the solution oh, oh, we've always done that always offered solutions because you know you may or may not be able to see different ways you know so we offered a whole lot of different scenarios we can do this we can do that if you do this this may happen if you do that this may happen that kind of thing and he and he chose here. the way that it's not like you said do this and boom exactly drop the mic no mm -hmm. no no never do that and you know and and he has been he is always has always been allowed to disagree with us as long as he does it respectfully Mm. I absolutely love Latanya and Patricia the way he puts me in my place. Exactly. <laughs> so he will say, if I get off into his business, now I'm gonna always have something to say about mm -hmm. anything in his life because I'm his mother. Right. So uh, I'm always have something to say, but he can disregard whatever I say whenever <laughs> he chooses. Okay. But mm -hmm. he has to be respectful. Now, he puts me in my place by saying four simple words. Ma, I'm grown now. Oh, I'm big. He says, Ma, I'm big now. Puts okay. me in my place. I shut up. Ma, I'm big now. You, you ain't got to tell me what to do. Right. My, my, my soon-to-be 10-year-old tell me that. Ma, I'm big now. Wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Wait That's a minute, good. Brother. That's good. You're getting bigger. That's good. Yes. Yeah, you're getting but bigger, but... <laughs> I know. You're still, you're still <laughs> yeah, but little. allow him this. That's something that I think that we don't always think about because I know for for um, me, it's it's kind of a a wanting to protect them so that they don't make the same mistakes that I make. So one of the things that I've really um, struggled with uh, to grow into is giving them the space to make mistakes. And I mean, that's a, you know, that, that was my legacy. That's how I was raised. It was like, you're not allowed to make mistakes um, kind of thing. So being okay with that has really been where I've really worked on my growth as a mom and just, you know, allowing them to, to fall and skin their knee, knowing that they're going to be okay. I was allowed to make mistakes. Patricia? Uh, yeah, it was, uh, I mean, you know, human, but when I made mistakes, it was just like, not a good thing. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's, and that's I mean, not, yeah, I'm glad I mean, that you overcame that. <laughs> right. I mean, I was raised by a very old school woman. She did the best she could. And uh, of course I have that's so much love do. for her. Yeah. Um, but it was a, it was a different way of, of, uh, you know, it was a different way. And but you can only teach what you know. Exactly. She exactly. Knew, and that's what she, that's what she taught. Exactly. So just, yeah, really just, um, being the kind of mom growing into the kind of mom for my children to help them recognize, especially my son. Cause he, you know, he just has this, he, he, sometimes is a bit of a perfectionist and just reassuring him. It's okay. You know, make mistakes. Mistakes mm -hmm. are our friends. They help us mm -hmm. learn. That's what his yes, school says. Exactly. And it's true. Yeah, my so, husband says that's why they put erasers on pencils. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So just reiterating that I think mm -hmm. is really important. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, just allowing that independence for the kids. And, you know, one of the things that uh, the Kanto used to do when he was little, he, he may still do it today, <laughs> but, uh, he would wear, you know, those tube socks, they were white and they had the, like a red stripe or a green mm -hmm. stripe. Oh, right. okay, mm -hmm. he wore those socks, you know. So one day I, I came into the room or he came into the room, whatever. And he had on a different color stripe on each sock. And I said, boy, you got on two different color socks. You know mm -hmm. what his response was? They're both clean. Hey. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> True. No lies, right? No lies detected. That, I said, that is, what, what can you say to that? Mm -hmm. I, I like when kids, when my, one, when my kids use their common um, surrounding and knowledge to put me in check. Um, my third child, I would always tell him, okay, I need you to go and just sit by yourself while your sister and your brother are doing their work. I need you to go sit over here and um, be by yourself. And one day he was crying 
And I'm like, why are you crying? He said, because mama, I wasn't born here alone. They were already here. Wow. So he's like, I'm the third child. I already had a sister and a brother. What are you? He was crying his little eyes out, telling oh. me he couldn't be by himself. Oh. <laughs> like, That's profound. That I is. know. I was like, oh, okay, you don't have to be by yourself. Go where you yes. need to go. But oh. it's cool how they pick that up. I, yes. I just, I love that. That's true. Yep. Mm-hmm. When you were raising your your kids, were was there ever a time when you felt like they weren't? Uh, grasping your teachings? No, there really wasn't because um, he showed in the way that that he behaved and what he statements that he would make that he he showed that he was getting it. And all I had to do was reinforce it. Wow. And I was constantly reinforcing it. And you always as a mother, you are always in teach mode, always Mm. and forever. Oh man, I love it. That's it, it, yeah, I love it. But that's just so much. Why? Well, some so many people feel pressure from that. I know as a because you want to have your you want to allow yourself like that brain fart day. You yeah. know, I know for me, I do a lot of um, like I say, I'm always redirecting in a way mm-hmm. that causes them to think mm-hmm. through you know what they're doing, and and it's like okay. <sighs> here we go again I, I may repeat it maybe two or you know two or three thousand times and uh and and it seems like they get it one day and the next day they forgot it all okay but then you mm-hmm. just repeat it you know keep on going because <laughs> god god put it on the female to be in teach mode mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. so he knew <laughs> I, I say God is a, a, a female. So I, I say the, the characteristics of, of God are not the characteristics of males. <laughs> kind, loving, compassionate, warm, tender, all of those things. Men are not generally like that. They are very aggressive and brusque and all of those kinds of things. So yeah, that's, I, yeah. I, yeah I, I say God is a woman. And so yeah, uh, Ariana Grande yeah. has a, a song like a call that God is yes, a woman. Yes, God, I know. I remember that one. Yeah, she yeah. does have one. <laughs> and so uh, God equipped us mm-hmm. for this burden. And it's not a burden, really. It's just something that has to be done to carry on society. We are the backbone of societies. Yeah, and it does mention um, in the Bible how a seasoned woman should be teaching the younger women how to conduct themselves, how to, you know, yes. yeah, That's you're right. We're always in teach mode. Let him go. That's what that Uh-oh. book does. We ain't even about to go there because that's, <laughs> that's a whole lot. That's a whole lot right there. That's okay. what happens when, listen, guys out there, write you a lot of books because when you get to talking, you can plug your book in any conversation. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I love it. That's, I love it. And that's what, that's what actually drew me to you because you said you wrote in many genres and I didn't understand mm-hmm. it at first. What you mean? I'm thinking, oh, she writes horror. She writes this, but no, you have, you have um, self-help. You have a fairy tale like book called Jet Black and Her Seven Friends. Um, you Marriage. have Mar- yes, uh, she got a cookbook. She has recipes, like actual recipes, y'all. Mm, and one of these, you know, it's in the it's in the Mother's Dozen, right? I don't want to get Mother's it wrong. Dozen and Line of Serenity. Uh, both of them have the rest, the oh, same it, recipes in them. Yeah, and the how to keep a man too. How, uh, mm. The best way to keep a man. You got some in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've seen those mashed potatoes. Okay, so um... <laughs> potatoes. <laughs> well, uh, so you're you are a mother to adult children now. Mm-hmm. How was it transitioning from uh, Ooh, being, being, a, being a mom of children to a mom of adults? What was that like? Well, it was really straightforward. You know, with your uh, grands. It's like on you're on the outside looking in. With your own kids, you're right in the thick of it. So was there a moment when you saw them take off? You said use their own wings. Was mm-hmm. there a moment when you saw that? And if so, how was it for you after training them up? I I had reached my goal. So my goal was to train them up, like you said, 
to use his own wings. So mm -hmm. he moved to California from Detroit when he was 22 years old and he was on his own. He came out here, he was living with some relatives and then he got his own place and mm -hmm. all. he's been out here for about 25 years. We've been wow. out here for about 17. We moved here because of uh, him and, and his children. Um, the kids that we had, grandkids in Detroit, we had helped to raise them. Mm -hmm. And then our son out here in California had a, a, a baby, a little girl. And uh, I told my husband, I said, we got to move to California <laughs> to give her some memories of her grandparents, just like mm -hmm. the ones in Detroit would have. And I'll so. say, you know, there is there is nothing like a relationship for kids with their grandparents. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I believe I've said on the show a few times that my mother and father-in-law um, live with us. And, mm -hmm. and people ask me all the time, what is that like? Do you get tired of that? And I have to say that, um, you know, I mean, I, I love my privacy and I was, my family is much smaller than my husband. So that took some getting used to, you know, people being around all the mm -hmm. time. But the, the benefit outweighs all of that to me. And to see my kids have such a love and affection and just a, a beautiful relationship with the grandparents mm -hmm. is such a gift to me. You know, I, it's such a gift. So I, that is more, to me, that is more important than. Yeah, and it's building memories. Stuff. I have yes. a, a book of quotes and one of the quotes is uh, create happy memories. They will warm your heart forever. Mm. That's awesome, yeah. Yeah, I love when my mother-in-law is around too. She, I can't bake, so she teaches my daughter how to bake. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, and um, that's all they they talk about with mm -hmm. her. They love, and she's so she's a warm, caring um, uh, woman, and mm -hmm. I love being around her because she taught me a lot of things. Because my that's mom good. wasn't in my, and I always say I want to be to my daughter-in-laws what I <laughs> what my mother-in-law was to me. Mm -hmm. or is to me at this point man. she actually showed me some just even when she lived with us and my husband and I we would argue and tear up the room walls you know she would never say anything mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> she would just let us do whatever she want and then I and later on I found out she addressed him mm. yeah yeah and so that's she, what I do I, I asked my daughter-in-law I said is my son still being good to you and she said, uh-huh, yeah, he is. And I let him know. I say, if he ain't, let me know and I'll give him a good whipping. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. she gets a big kick out of, say, out of me saying that. So, But she knows that I'm for real, too. In, in, a, in a certain sense, I'm for real. I know. Yeah. I know I'm going to be there to check my kids if I yes. ever need to. Not in yes. front. I feel like I know I like that respect. Yes. That 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 boundary mm -hmm. respect, but when mm -hmm. you get by yourself, I'm be like, "Come on, son, let's go for a drive." Mm -hmm. You gonna already know. Yep. <laughs> that's right. So yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned whipping. I read in your book that mm -hmm. that was the last resort for you. We we had an episode about this. Uh, I think it was one of our very first episodes about to was like to spank, to spank or, not, or to not to spank. Nah, yeah. I mean, we didn't do right. spankers. We had whippings. Mm. Well, well, but you, you said you changed nothing. You just told him, look, this is what you don't do. And this is, you could play here, but you can't touch this. But then if it calls for a little tap on the hand or whatever, yes. that's mm -hmm. what you did. So yes. how, and, and I'm going somewhere with this because I always, you know, I asked my husband about this because he still believes in like, uh, you know, spanking, which we don't have to, because I really do tell my kids, look, y'all, look, mm. you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? let me tell y'all I'm the nice one right now, you know? <laughs> so, um, mm -hmm. I believe respect goes farther than fear. Yes, it does. Mm -hmm. But I and, only got, yeah. I got three whippings, no more than three in my entire life. Up mm -hmm. until I was, but I ain't never even getting more whippings after I was maybe 10. Mm -hmm. I learned. Mm -hmm. Whippings right. are to teach. Okay. Not to punish. 
Right. But see, yeah. you don't, but see, as a child, you don't, I didn't get that. Like when I, I got a spanking, Me I didn't neither. get that it was to teach. I got no, that. You, it, you got it. Punishment. No, you did. You mm-hmm. did. You got it. Cause you didn't do it again. Wait a minute. I got a spanking up until I was 12. So I ain't learned. I got, I got well, several spankings. I was a slow learner. I think. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? Now, see, my whole husband is, with me. Now, my husband uh, was very hard to wake up, and and his mother allowed him to be that way. Mm. She would have to come back into the room fifty times to make sure he's up. So then I I I, I was determined not to have a son that was hard to wake up as well. Mm. So one day, Kanto was in nursery school. He was about three. Again, I'm I'm remembering this, you know. And uh, I went into his bedroom and uh, woke him up. Then I came back in about five minutes. He was on his knees with his behind sticking up. Mm-mm. And honey, he went back to sleep. I took my hand and I hit him on his behind. It hurt my hand too. So mm-hmm. I know it hurt his behind. Mm-hmm. So the next day when I got him off for school, <laughs> he got up and he's mm-hmm. been getting up from that day on. He only had to learn that one time. Mm. Then he had a a temper tantrum when he was about three, no more than four. He may have been even two. He was in the kitchen on the floor. You know how they do that little spin wheel thing? Mm. Oh boy. And I don't know what happened that uh, made him do that, but he was doing that spinning stuff. And I looked, our eyes met, and it's in the book. And I, our eyes met and I looked at him and I walked out of the kitchen. He stopped doing that because he didn't have an audience. He ain't never did that again either. I was going to say, no, I, I don't give them any type of energy when they do that. That's, no. that's really good. Yeah. But, but in public though, I know. You talk a lot about that too. <laughs> like, look, well, that's, <laughs> you know. I've had an embarrassing moment, just maybe once. Um, oh, my Me third too. child, I got plenty. Inf- I got plenty information <laughs> on him, but um, he would do some things that I just like. We, we he wouldn't do it at home, but when we got outside of the house, he would do it. Mm-hmm. You know, because he knew somebody. He thought somebody was going to protect him until I just snapped on him one day <laughs> and drug him through Bur- Burlington Coat Factory on his back by his shoe. By Good. His foot. Good. But I That's wonderful. <laughs> Don't take me to jail, y'all. That was a long time ago. I was ago, just going to but... say, you could get arrested for that, though. Oh, my goodness. I know, but you know what? He never did that breakdance move again in public, just like you just said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. <laughs> I saw it immediately. Um, they all show respect for others, and they are mm-hmm. all kind. My entire family is like that. My aunts, my uncles, my cousins. We all hug and kiss when we meet each other, when we leave each other. Uh, There's just nothing but love and affection and uh, just attention. So that's the way my whole family is. We were raised by elders that cared. And that's the difference. Mm -hmm. In discipline, it's not just about like you said, it's not about the punishment, it's about the lesson. Yes. Uh, but then it's also a mix of, you know, because you said your mom was a volcano of kindness. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like the love was ever present. Yes. And there exactly, was exactly no Patricia. Doubt. Yes. We were raised in Line of Serenity. Um, a Barnes and Noble uh, store manager read the, the uh, Line of Serenity, and she told me that it was the only memoir about an African-American family that she had ever read that did not involve drugs, sex, violence, or abuse. Only it's all love, attention, affection, just togetherness, kindness. Mm -hmm. That's all we were raised with. We were very poor financially, but we didn't know it because they never talked about it, not having any money. I know that when the, the white insurance salesman would come to the door, mom would tell us to tell him he's, she's not on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we didn't have the money, but uh, I would just tell him she's not on. And then he went on away. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we just had fun and love. 
that's mm-hmm. the good stuff. Yes. That, that's the good stuff. And I think you did, you mentioned a little bit of that too um, in there about when the fads came out and how, um, you know, your son was responding to that. <laughs> it was like, a, I can't remember. I think it was in the independent section right at the end when you were talking about the, I think, was it the Essence or the Jet? Oh, Ebony. Ebony. Ebony Jr. I knew it was he one magazine. Own, he had his own subscription to <laughs> Ebony Jr. And it came in his name. That's mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it was right after that. I can't remember it, exactly what you said, but um, that's really good to have those things. And you just don't know. You don't know that you're, you, you think you don't know what you're missing out. I didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't think I missed out on anything. because. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So you, you can only know, you can only teach what you know. And that's why I wrote the book so that pe- more people would know the techniques and tools. You know, it's like my granddaughters would say, Grandma, I don't know how you used to do that. Give us that grandma look. You didn't have to say one word, just give us that grandma look. And I'd say, anybody can do the grandma look. All you do is, and get them eyes together. Yes. Mm-hmm. You get your ass together. You tell your ass to show that person. Don't do that again. Mm. Your eyes do it. Mm. I got a little bit of that. Yeah, yes. I, 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 I have a little bit. You got to practice it. Yeah, I need some practice. Yeah, get in the mirror. <laughs> squint a little bit. Makes progress. Yeah, squint a little bit. Do it. Add a little squint to it. <laughs> you guys can't see her, but yeah. she's she's doing I'm, it. And, uh, I'm practicing. <laughs> I want to get I want to get there. Yes. Yeah. Or you can do it with this with eyes open wide. Mm. Oh, I think I like that one. <laughs> or you can just laugh maniacally. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the kids will be like, "What is wrong with her?" That'll stop everything. <laughs> Yeah, oh. I always say, get your eyebrows together. That's what I tell them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. What yeah. advice can you give to moms that are, are out there um, that are in the midst of a transition with their kids? And there are many transitions. You know, it's not just the from childhood to adulthood with your children. There's so many transitions and, and, and all of them are not always, you make it sound so seamless. Um, it is. So what can you what can you give advice to to moms to to show that it can be seamless to help them make it seamless? Your goal is to raise a child who is able to stand on his or her own two feet, being independent. Don't have to borrow or beg or steal <clears throat> from anybody. That's that really good. That makes yes. a lot of sense. Um, and it's simple. You keep it simple. Don't complicate right. it. Don't do that. Don't come. Life is simple as far as I'm concerned. I'm learning that it that it is. Yes. That it really is. Once you learn how to play the game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning. I'm learning. There was um I was tutoring someone in China. And the dad came onto the screen and we were just talking because we had some extra time. And he said, do you know what you Americans don't do? And I said, oh, man, what is it that we don't do? He said, you don't prepare your kids to live without you. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, I love that. He said, we don't do it. He said, we and, and my family is an enabling family. I learned that that's a, it was a, it's a generational curse. I did because, because they enable, because they had so much guilt that I, it stopped with me, you know, like the guilt of working hard and not being able to be with your family. So now Mm -hmm. if you, they didn't have time to kind of teach you, they only could teach you how to work. They couldn't do the things that we're talking about, like sit down and read, well, they couldn't read. So, Mm -hmm, (laughs) and and most of my family, they didn't go through the 10th to the 10th grade um, education. So they always want to help us no matter what. Mm -hmm. If you don't, if you, you can't, you don't have your car payment this, this month. Oh, let's get you your car payment. 
No way. Wait a minute. No, you struggle. He, and, and, he's and 52 suffer, years suffer. old. What you mean? Go get no, his car painted. No, no, no. <laughs> And you know what the, the, the you said that uh, the Chinese person said that you don't mm -hmm. prepare your, we have, now I'm the oldest of seven. We, mm -hmm. My oldest brother died in 2013, lung cancer. So all of us, I have written the obituaries for all of us. Mm. And they mm. can they can go back and and update it if you know they develop any more hobbies. But it's, it has all the information, birth dates, uh, uh, marriage, uh, relationships, military service. Everything is in in the obituaries. I've written all of them and given them to uh, my sisters for safekeeping. So when because I've noticed that when anybody when anybody dies. Everybody is floundering to find out the information that they right. have for the obituary. So I didn't want us to go through all that kind of crap. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, I did it for all of us. And it's prepared. All of us are going to die. So you got to yeah. get, you want to be prepared. That's the communication. Yeah, yeah. We, they, we didn't have that with the, with, like I said, my family. They don't communicate. They expect you to be like, get your, get your haystack and find that needle, you know? Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> so it's like, wow. why are we not talking about this? And then when I'm talking about it with them, they're like, please, Tanya, don't you, don't you remind us that, you know, that she's going to leave us. And I'm like, but wait a minute. It's going to happen, <laughs> whether you talk about it or not. Mm -hmm. so. Whether we talk about it or not. I'm going to try mm -hmm. to ask you a couple of quick fire questions before you tell us about your books. I usually okay. do like a game, but just want to know just some things the first thing that comes to your mind so mm -hmm. the first thing that come to your mind when, they, when when someone asks you miss joyce what's the what's the best way to get my child to leave me alone well <laughs> you can really i i really want to talk to the children i said oh. uh sit down and say now you know when mommy is uh, or when mama mom is sitting down reading that's my personal time and i really would appreciate it if you would leave me to my privacy but if there's an emergency then you come in and tell me you know mm -hmm. stuff like that you you t talk to them like they got some sense mm -hmm. you, you expect them to have you, some sense you have, if you talk yeah. to them like they have some <laughs> it, they will have some right she went and made the game serious, y'all. Y'all see that? <laughs> no, I got to go. Right. I, I explained that to my kids too. They know when to leave me alone and yes. um, give me my time. What's the, what is, would that be the same advice if they said, I need some me time away from my kids and my husband? Miss Joyce, what do I do? You need some me time? Mm -hmm. Is that what you're saying? That's what yeah. you're questioning? Uh-huh. So you just say it. Hmm. You just make that demand. <laughs> we you don't, don't ask permission. <laughs> you don't you ask say permission. I'm doing this. That's yeah. usually when it works out for me when I'm like, I'm doing this. When I decided that I am going to graduate school, I told my husband, I'm going to go to graduate school. And that was that. We, we found time for everything to, to work out. I didn't ask permission. Yeah, some things are not negotiable. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. But that has to be something that's non-negotiable in your mind, though. Yeah, that has exactly. to be something that's because if you keep saying, "Oh, so that's something that you show actually too." Like I say, you know what, mom needs her me time. Don't go backing out mm -hmm. on your me time because mm -hmm. that's going to show them that you're not serious, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. That's it. That, yeah, and you have to show your kids. You teach by example. You say what you mean and mean what you say. Mm -hmm. then the, you the, you won't have wishy-washy kids so everything i hear you say because i'm not going to even ask no more questions because i already know what you're <laughs> going to say honestly because um i'm hearing this communication thing real strong this line of communication really you really need to communicate to your children what you want them to do most definitely and, and not only that right. to your whole family because uh -oh. That's what creates family cohesion. Mm -hmm. uh, families that have secrets, they are not cohesive. Mm -hmm. they, they, they're, just, they're just basket cases. Mm -hmm. You have to share your emotions, your spirituality with your family members. So if you're going through something 
all of your family should know it. It should not be a secret if you're going through whatever it is you're going through. All of your family should know it. That is how they can get on the same level with you emotionally, spiritually, mm-hmm. physically, mm-hmm. psychologically. So if, 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 if you're not sharing, then here you are down here and they're up here or here like that. That's the way fam- family should be this way. We, we can't talk about this. This is going to be another hour uh, conversation. <laughs> That's another episode. I got a lot. I got, to, I got a lot to say about that one, but uh, yeah. we're going we gonna to just keep it moving. I want you to talk to us about, um, about your books. And I know um, you have, uh, you're an author of many, but what are the books that really speak to family um, that our listeners can go out and purchase um, for themselves? The first one that I wrote, Line of Serenity. Uh, it's 167 pages, and it's all about the way that we were raised, uh, about love and, and affection and just kindness and respect, all of that. Uh, and that's the one that I told you about the Barnes and Noble manager saying that mm-hmm, it's the only mm-hmm. one that she's ever read. Uh, and so that will help you to understand how we have been raised. And so, and I, I, I'm hoping that it will help you to understand that you, as who, who, whoever, whoever you're doing, I mean, reading the book, uh, whoever's reading the book can incorporate or adapt some of the philosophies in this book. Uh, that's the family, that's the first one. Then um, the relationships, everything starts with a relationship. Normally mm-hmm. it's a, a man and a woman and mm-hmm. that's what the book mm-hmm. addresses, this man and woman. Mm-hmm. And so um, then you go to raising children and mothers doesn't. So my books all center on relationship building. Relationships are, are important. Tell us where can they where can they get your books? Goodshortbooks.com. That's goodshortbooks.com. There are 11 books there. They're nonfiction. I wrote 10. My sister wrote one. She wrote the one about the dogs. And if you like dogs, you will absolutely love her book. You will laugh and you will cry. And there are uh, nonfiction, uh, 11 genres. We have relationships. We have parenting, uh, memoirs, children's education, bullying, breast cancer. I'm a breast cancer survivor. I wrote a book about that. Uh, It'll be 10 years on August 15th since I had breast cancer surgery. And uh, my last radiation treatment was 11, 11, 11 at 11 a.m. Hey. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Ding, 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 ding. I know. I know. Awesome. Yeah. So I've got breast <laughs> cancer, the golden rule, mm-hmm. um, my simple quotes to live by, and books. Yeah. yeah. I have, uh, they're not books to me that you just read through. I like um, the Mother's Dozen, Mother's Dozen because it has like a specific thing like man you might be struggling with this and then you kind of go and look at the example you take from it what you want but it Mm -hmm. actually gives you very clear directions on how to tackle this thing or Mm -hmm. how to teach this thing so it's not you know it's like man you know what I saw this in this book let me go pick this up and look at look and look at it that's how I saw that book I'm I'm glad that it struck you that way Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm absolutely yeah well it has been a pleasure talking to you it has um on this episode you will definitely be back okay um, <laughs> I'm for sure to it. i just want to say i just want to say that i you know i at the end of it all i'm just thinking about your mission statement uh that and i'm gonna i'm gonna say it again i write books that inspire people on their journey to make the world a better place Mm -hmm. and you are walking in your purpose and that is inspirational uh that's a beautiful gift that you have uh, given the world um thank you patricia i i say thank you to you for that thank you thank you thank you oh you're very welcome i'm just glad that you appreciate my efforts so yes thank you for taking uh, that 
take thank you for um answering that call because yes I, yeah I love hearing and learning and absorbing you know because you don't have to know everything you just mm-hmm. have to know where to get the information Okay, that's, true. that's good. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get yeah. you on speed dial. I need to get those books. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to the one that Latanya has yeah. for me, and I I am gonna order a mother's dozen because this sounds like a book that I could definitely use in my toolkit, and I'm mm-hmm. excited to read it. So Good. Wonderful. 48, 48 pages. Okay. God bless me with the talent for being succinct. Yes. That's awesome. More people need that. Yep. Thank you again. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Thanks so much for spending this episode with us. And if you like what you heard, feel free to like, share, and subscribe. And of course, be sure to join us on the next episode of the Black Mom Diaries.